Welcome to the NFL Stock Exchange Podcast. In this episode, we're taking a look at Daniel Jeremiah's Mock Draft 1.0 for the 2024 NFL Draft, but we're not just looking at it. We're going mock for mock, baby. Connor and I are going to join forces. We're going to go side by side with Daniel's mock, and we're going to look at some of the picks and make a few changes of our own, depending on who we would pick at certain spots. I'm Trevor Sycamore. With me, as always, is Connor Rogers. Let's ring the bell. Welcome to the opening bell of the NFL Stock Exchange podcast. I'm Trevor Sycamore. That is Connor Rogers. Joining you guys on a Monday edition of the show. And it is a little bit of a mock draft Monday. We didn't tease that at the end of last week, but we had a late Christmas present. Maybe is the way I should say it at the end of the week after we recorded. And that is one of the best in the business. NFL Network's own Daniel Jeremiah put out his 2024 NFL draft mock draft 1.0. I know everybody probably went over to read, but if you didn't, we're going to be revealing those picks here on this show. You should still go over to NFL.com and click it because Jeremiah is the best and you should absolutely support him. But Connor, I thought we'd have a little bit of fun. Instead of just reacting to the mock draft, we're going to go mock for mock. We're going to go Jeremiah's mock versus the mock that we're going to come up with here on this show. And we've got some fun rules and stipulations that'll make this a good episode as we get to talk about some of these player selections. But uh, Connor, I'm excited for this one, man. Anytime... The main draft media really starts to get involved, starts to put out their mock drafts. This is when you know mock draft season is really heating up. That's exactly right, dude. When you look at it, him and Brugler, Dan Brugler from The Athletic, I feel like they just have a good hand on the pulse of the draft early, is what I like to think. They... You'll see a player in here, and you're like, oh, that's a little higher than we thought, but they're probably talking to the right people that right. know that player's going to test well or interview well, or there's things behind the scenes or projections that are just different. And it's not that those guys aren't doing their own work. It's just that matter of, um, you know, really understanding the landscape. And yeah. it's something that I think you and I, over the course of this show, which has been, is this Senior Bowl three for us next week? I think it is. I know our show launched right before Senior is Bowl. Is it three? It's insane. It's at least about. two. I feel like we've been doing this for forever, so I'm, I don't even I don't even really remember what it, it's either it's either three or two. For I us. think this is this is three. The show's not a year old, so it's two years old. So either That's way, true. it would be three. It'll be our third Senior Bowl wow. as this Look show exists, which is Look nuts. I, I think you and I have made it a mission with how much time we put into summer scouting to get better at that. Right, mm-hmm. find the players that hey, no, you know, nobody's talking about this guy. These guys also confirm it with a lot of especially like Jeremiah and like you know. He's worked with guys that were GM our GMs in the league now. Right. I mean, yeah. Like, he's, he's still he's hiding from the it. league. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's always cool to read his work and we'll get to react to it and and it'll be a lot of fun. No, it will be. So the uh stipulations of this mock draft, just to make it fun and to go, and again to go mock for mock here, what what we're gonna happen on this show, what the structure is, is we're gonna go through Daniel Jeremiah's mock and then Connor and I are going to side by side do our own mock draft. And the way that we're going to do it is if we don't agree with the pick, like if we would do something different, which I'm glad that you set it up this way because it is worth repeating. Jeremiah, uh, rightfully so, he says all the time when he does mock drafts, he does them with his ears. When he does rankings, he does those with his eyes. So his own rankings are what he thinks of these players. But when he does mock drafts, even some of these early ones, a lot of it is kind of what he thinks about these players. But 
like Connor said, he'll, he'll send some feelers out and, you know, he'll be like, Hey, you know, guys in the league, like, what do you think of this guy? Am I too high on this guy? All that kinds of stuff. So you know that he's got, like you said, a good finger on the pole. So Jeremiah is doing these things a lot with what he hears in the league. But if we want to change that pick, we have to stick with a player at that same position. So maybe the mock at the end of the episode, it's going to look pretty similar but it is going to be a fun way to look at what Jeremiah has, kind of the players and his thought on these guys, and then what we might change it to ourselves, but it's got to stay within the same position. So that's the stipulations on the mock draft. Connor, if you're ready to get it going, I'll pull it up and we yeah. can get it. As a very famous man once said, let's ride. Let's do okay. this. Um, I mean, it's, you know, everybody knows that it's going to start at the top pretty chalk here with the quarterbacks and the Bears who hired Shane Waldron. On the day of this recording, good for the Bears. They get one of the more accomplished offensive coordinators on the market. Big. I I think the question I got the most in my mentions, Trevor, was does this lean more that they'll keep fields or draft a quarterback? And one, I don't know if there's necessarily correlation Two, because Ryan Poles is the GM and he's still there. But I, I, I still believe this is a team drafting a quarterback and no coincidence. Uh, So does you know, one of the biggest, if not the biggest draft media analyst in Daniel Jeremiah with them taking Caleb Williams first overall. Yeah. And look, I don't think this is a change from us. No, you know, I, I think that we're going to go with Caleb Williams here as well. Um, I, like I mentioned, you guys can find this mock over at, over at NFL.com. You can find Jeremiah's there. You can also, of course, you know, if you see the mock draft simulator on the screen, it's the first time you've seen it. If you're interested in doing your own mock drafts, you can unlock the full mock draft simulator over at PFF.com. Use the promo code MDS30. You can get 30% off all that. Had to make sure I hit that as we kind of got into this. But I do think that you are right. It, it still feels like Caleb. Until I get until I get concrete reason to believe it's not Caleb, this is going to stay Caleb Williams. And for Jeremiah to have a Caleb Williams, you mentioned Dan Brugler, who we love, who is, again, one of the best. He also had Caleb Williams as his QB1 in his most recent mock draft. Until you give me a reason. For it not to be Caleb Williams is going to be Caleb Williams for us. So no change there. I assume that also means no change for us with his pick for Washington, which is Drake May as well. The very common one, too. Do you have any objections to this one? No, I think Washington is in an odd way almost easier or just as easy to paint the picture um, going forward as the Bears, right? The Bears, it is. They kept Eberflus and Poles. They hired Waldron. We think they're going to draft a quarterback number one overall. And with Washington, they hired Adam Peters to be their GM. I think they will hire Ben Johnson to be their next coach. And I think they will draft Drake May at number two overall. So I think, yeah, I think I honestly, Trevor, I don't think these teams will pick up the phones for these picks. I think these picks are they're They are probably very excited to make these picks. Yeah, I think it's. By the time we get to draft weekend, that's probably true, right? Yeah, because yeah, right. I'm, it's a little early to be, I'm, but yeah, right. But to your point, I think there's people who are watching or listening to this show who would go, "What do you mean the Bears are going to be all over the phone? They're going to figure out, yeah. you know, what the price tag is worth." But by the time the draft rolls around, they're probably going to have a better answer on fields. Maybe they don't. 
Maybe they've still got Fields, you know, on the roster. Maybe he's still there. Maybe, maybe, maybe draft weekend really is when we figure out <laughs> if the Bears right. are all in on Justin Fields or not. It, maybe we won't even know until uh, until the card is in. Which, man, that would uh, that would make for a uh, entertaining lead up to the NFL draft. So maybe that is the case. But for now, we're going to go Caleb Williams at one. We're going to go Drake May at two. Now, here is one that I'm not going to lie. I'm surprised that Jeremiah has Jaden Daniels at three and not because I don't think he's worth it. I've had Jaden Daniels at three in a couple of mock drafts that we have here on this show one way or the other, whether you have selected him or I have selected him at number three for the Patriots. But Jeremiah having him at three to me is validation in that he is in this conversation, whether he goes number three or not. We heard Gerard Mayo, the new head coach of the New England Patriots, basically say we're going to pick a player at a very important position with our first pick in this upcoming draft. And uh, he said a very good one at that. And the fact that he said a very good player, I went, Hmm, is he, is he, is he just talking about Marvin Harrison? Yeah. Because that's an easy thing to say. Are you just like, is he just talking about Marvin Harrison? Because wide receiver also a very important position. Uh, The Patriots absolutely need one. So to me, I thought, okay, he could still be talking about Harrison Jr. But the obvious way that he was answering that question, especially with the smile on his face, thinking that he really couldn't hold back from what he was answering, was about a quarterback. And for him to say that as definitively as he did must mean that through the preliminary work that they've already done, Caleb, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, they'd be good with all three of them. So I'm not saying that's 100% sure. But the fact that Jeremiah has has uh, Jaden Daniels at three makes me feel like it is uh, it is certainly on the table. So I, this one's since it's a quarterback, certainly it's not going to get a change for me. It won't. Yeah, from me either. I I keep looking at New England at three and thinking, man, they could just take the best player in the draft and Marvin Harrison Jr. And I I personally wouldn't fault them for that. I would probably actually even advocate for that. But they are in such a unique circumstance for them that they have not found themselves in in a long time. And that is that Robert Kraft is going into a new era with a new head coach. And I think they want a quarterback to be a part of that new era. And it's not Mac Jones. It's not Bailey Zappi. And even though, you know, we've kicked this idea around like it's, it's not Kirk cousins probably right. It's, it's just feels like getting everybody on this big long-term timeline. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Daniels is thought of this highly quite clearly. So I'm not changing this. And obviously four is the easiest pass over in, you know, the entire draft. Well, I was going to, so I was going to rope in the next three picks. Yeah, let's do it that way. It is the Arizona Cardinals at four. Jeremiah has got the Cardinals taking Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, at five, the Los Angeles Chargers. He has them taking Romo Dunze, the wide receiver from Washington. And then six, the New York Giants. He has them taking wide receiver Malik Neighbors from LSU. So it is boom, boom, boom. Quarterback, quarterback, quarterback. Wide receiver, wide receiver, wide receiver, which is pretty crazy given that we have the offensive tackle prospects of the caliber of this draft class. Yeah, it is. Right? It it, it definitely is. And I think it's two things. One, it's to show how important wide receivers become in this league. Mm -hmm. And two, it shows how gifted this class is, right? I mean, three guys. three percent Three of the top six picks are wide receivers, and you can't even sit there and call that crazy. You can't. I'm gonna. I'm going to change one of these, but 
you can't call it crazy at all. So are you going to change Malik going five instead of Rome? Yeah. Okay. I think, you know what it is for me? And obviously he's a, Jeremiah's a great evaluator. He's done this in the league at a high level. And he did write in the blurb about Dunze, he's a complete receiver. I, that's just where I differ from most analysts. I don't think Roma Dunze is a complete receiver. I think he's a good one. I don't think he's dynamic after the catch at all. Uh, I think that I think it's just not part of his game personally. And I think neighbors, I would say, is the complete receiver because he is so gifted at running away from people with and without the ball. And I think that's just a massive part of the NFL today. So now I'll say this. I like the neighbors. The Giants is just I put this as I've talked about this fit since summer. When you look mm-hmm. at this team, when I was thinking Daniel Jones was still going to be the clear, defined guy, I was like, they got to get him somebody that's explosive and can change the game at all three levels. So it's weird because I love neighbors to the Giants. But if I'm the Chargers, I'm taking Malik neighbors over Roma Dunze. I think I am, too. Y- you know, you glossed over his first sentence describing Romo Dunze, I, uh, which yes. is Jeremiah saying, oh, Dunze is my favorite player in the draft. That's what Jeremiah said. It's high praise. And I think <laughs> in this draft, Ooh. what's the, the the Andy Samberg, Nick Cage, SNL skit where he's just like, it's high praise. Yes. You know, just like, it's high praise. <laughs> and, and I mean, it is. Look, I, yeah. you, you, you started this wide receiver talk talking about how good all three of these players are. And we've talked many times on this podcast saying that they are all wide receiver one caliber players. I would agree with you. I think this show seems to be consensus. Malik Neighbors is wide receiver too. So we are going to change that and we are going to go Malik Neighbors to the Chargers. And then since we aren't changing any sort of picks outside of the positions, I don't want to speak for you, but Romo Dunze goes sixth then to the Giants. Sure. And you know, with this, I actually think I could sell this a little better. I know the Chargers and Jeremiah wrote this. They have salary cap decisions to make with Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. But say you keep one of those two. Keenan. Say you keep Keenan. 100%. I really like the compliment with him and neighbors. Oh, sure. I don't really l- love the variance of that offense with a Dunes and Ke- I like it. It's fun. But I think it's better with Malik neighbors. Where the Giants, the Giants just need able bodies that can play the position in all shapes and sizes. Okay. I mean, Darren Waller is just unfortunately always hurt. Um, I mean, yes, they got a little bit out of Wandell this year and Hyatt flashed and Slayton is still always a thing. But Adunze is a for the Giants is like a number one that you're funneling the offense through. And I didn't see him that way. I didn't see a unique skill set coming to the Chargers with what they already have is what I'm trying to say. Sure. I think my if if I had a if I had a counter to that, which I, I certainly like I said, I, I agree that. I like neighbors more for the Chargers just because I like neighbors more. Right. I think it's sometimes that simple. Right. But if you're if you're trying to get to, into okay, who plays what? I think Keenan just plays the get open dude because he's that good at it. Still, um, he's getting up there in age, so that's gonna yeah. decline as it naturally does. But he's still kind of just that get open, reliable player. You know, if you're losing Mike Williams. And you have Quentin Johnston. I think they wanted Quentin Johnston to be more of a deep threat player, and he's just not. Like the hand-eye coordination and reeling things in over the shoulder and that deep catch concentration, like that just was not there for him. So yeah, maybe they run turn, away from a lot of people. No, but like maybe they turn him into 
like a Rasheed Rice type of player, like what the uh, Chiefs are doing with Rasheed Rice. I where, think that's a great call. That's what he's good at. Well, so and so, if you do that, I can see somebody saying, "Okay, well, Romo Dunze more of a deep threat, contested catch kind of a guy like Mike Williams was." That's not to say Malik Neighbors isn't. He's absolutely a deep threat. <laughs> he's yeah. just like a little bit different of a style. He's more of a you know, from the slot, get away from people, manipulate space, whereas Rome was more of that, like, on the sideline type of contested catch wide receiver. So it almost kind of depends what role you want to fill there. I don't think it's a wrong answer. But, again, just talent overall, I'd be going with neighbors at, at five. Yeah, I mean, no doubt. I do think it's interesting, though, because I think I put a wide receiver to the Chargers in my last mock draft, and a lot of the feedback – you know, when Roto World posts the Instagram posts, the comments just get wild. <laughs> and a couple of, you know, Chargers fans are like, we just took a receiver. Like, this is insane. And they have the Roto World blurb is just Rogers hates yeah. O line. Rogers Ro- is an idiot. <laughs> wants, wants Justin Herbert to die. Yes. Yes. No, I, I wanted them to get another receiver. Rogers sentences Herbert to, to death. death. <laughs> Long may he reign. All right. All right. So, six, we're going Rome. For the Giants? Yeah, it's easy to flip them with the okay. way we formatted this show specifically. Yeah. I don't think there's another. I mean, no, I'm I'm not taking as much as I like Thomas and Franklin and Tez. I wouldn't take them over Rome. So we're go, we'll go Rome at six, seven. The Tennessee Titans. Uh, Joe all comes off the board. Do we have any objections there? I, I think don't. it's great. It's okay. a great pick for the Titans. Falcons eight. Uh, Turner. I. I mean, if we were if we were to switch this, it would simply to just be because we want to switch it because you and I like Jared Verse a lot as well. Yeah, Turner and Verse will be my top two edge players. I think, and if I had to feel for my my final rankings, and I always warn you guys that why edge can change more than other positions is because the testing is so important. It is compared to other prospects. But if I just had to look into the crystal ball, these guys go back to back in the mock draft, and I think they'll be in some form of one and two for me in the end. Yeah, I have I have Turner edge one slightly. Did you have Turner edge one? I can't remember from the edge. No, when we did that a month ago or whatever it was, um, you have a lot to I think I still I still had lots to verse than Turner, but I've been going through more and more lots and I still like him a lot. But everybody knows the questions there. I I just think I I love lot I think he's going to be a a really good pro. I don't think he's going to be the first edge off the board. I think no, they're going to pick between I think the medical pick, and yeah, I think they're going to pick Turner and Turner. Verse. Turner is going to teleport in his testing. He's just a total freak of nature. God, I can't wait to see what he weighs in at. Right. Yeah. He's gotten bigger. He he grew on me more than a, almost any player in this draft. Yeah. Right. Compared all right. To so, yeah. All right. So we stick him with Turner. To, yeah. You can keep it with Turner. If you want to have fun here, Falcons and Bears fans, if we flipped it, with verse, if you're a Falcons fan, if you got verse instead, you're getting oh, yeah. a more heavy-handed power guy where Turner's more speed and elusiveness and uh, explosiveness. And then the same would ob- obviously be said for the Bears if they got Turner instead of verse. Although we've mocked Turner to the Bears, I think, before. Yes, we have. We so have. They, I, they I already know that. In the uh, in the triple team mock draft that we did for the Bears, I think we picked. Yes. <laughs> didn't we pick Turner every time? We got I think we, we definitely tried. We were like, "Oh, this is great." I also, I also, it didn't click in my head that uh, Verse goes immediately after this, so it's literally one two, which well, is a big takeaway, right? Like two edge players in the top ten has not been common thought process yet. As much as you and I love a lot of this edge class, we've presented the idea. Yes. Um, 
but if with the Falcons, it's kind of been, hey, do they take a quarterback here? And right, and there's just, maybe it's not no sub- taking. Yeah, maybe the supply just isn't. Well, that we'll have that larger combo. Soon. All right, so we'll go Turner. We'll go Turner. Then we'll go Verse um, for the Falcons and the Bears. That is equal to Jeremiah's mock. As of right now, the only change that we have in the top ten is flipping Malik Neighbors and Romo Dunze. Um, yeah, Jer- Jeremiah just must be a big fan of the pod. You know, that's all. Right. I, mean, I know. Just, I opened this like, up. I don't, I, bl- I don't blame the guy. Put together like, a good yeah. show. You know. Yeah. Usually, you open up mock drafts this time of year, and you're like, "He did what? Where?" Well, because you we're going to so get to programmed that. a certain way. It's a we're going to get to that. Yeah, like well, we're two, literally right now in like two picks. <laughs> well, the, okay, so the literally Jets, a ten. Jets Talise Fuaga is who DJ has them taking. Which Connor, let me tell you this: I could not be happier seeing this, right? Because there have been times before where I have gone through this process in years past where I would love somebody like I'd watch his tape and be like, God, this guy's a first rounder. Nobody's yep. talking about him. Like we're not talking about this guy enough. He's a first rounder. And not to say, like, I, I don't mean this to say, Oh, I was first on Talise Fuaga. Like I, I you texted certainly... me, I think in October one night, like so excited. Okay. It's so excited. It's because he whips ass dude. He does, and so he does. he's, he is such a fun prospect. And there have been times before where I've gotten really excited about a guy, really excited about his abilities, but then through either talking to people around the league myself or reading mock drafts of people who are really plugged into the league as well, you just understand they're not going to go that high. They're just the league just does not think that highly of them. And I get bummed out. I get bummed out because right. I think they're good football players. Yeah, the fact that the the fact that DJ has Fuaga above Olu Fashano, and when we did the offensive tackle episode a couple of weeks ago, I said on the show. It is so damn close between those guys. It is not a one-two Olu and all for me. It is a one-two-three. And to be honest with you, the gap was closer on my film grade between Olu and Fuaga than it was to where all was. That's not to say like it was a Grand Canyon of a gap, but that's to say how much I liked Fuaga and the fact that he has Fuaga above Olu Fashanu. I just it just makes me happy because he's because right. I think he's because I think he's a damn good football player and I think that the league agrees that he's a damn good football player. So all that to say, this is for your New York football Jets. He has them taking Fuaga 10 over Olu. Would you do the same? So I was trying to think of who last year's was, and I would say Kalijah Kansi was one of them. It was like, you can't take him in the top, you know, 12 to 15, because he's small. Buccaneer great, by the way. He's awesome. (laughs) He's so awesome, dude. I just, I love watching that dude play. I think for for me last year, it was Deontay Banks. Okay. And I'll say for you last year, it was Anton Harrison. We didn't think he was going in the first round the whole time. Yeah. I I loved Harrison during summer scouting. And then I kind of learned that the league was a lot lower on him. And I was like, oh, that's a bummer. I think that he's pretty damn good. And then he ends up going in the first round. It's amazing. So that did did make me happy. But yeah, I I think if anybody, it was was Deontay Banks. Because it's not fair to say that it's Witherspoon. Because once everybody watched Witherspoon, oh, he he took off like a rocket. And and you and you and I, you and I loved Witherspoon basically from the moment that we watched him. So I looked at this a little bit, a lot of bit like you, and then on the other side of it. So you know what made me feel good about this? Piggyback off what you said. I've seen some chatter, especially when I I put him in my mock drafts to the Jets, 
at 10, people are like, well, some people are saying he's a guard. And I'm like, we, we just need to, as a society, stop doing this all the time. Like, I'm just begging everybody that if a guy is not a perfect tackle prospect, that he's, but he's a good run blocker, that he's a guard. We just, mm-hmm. we have to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he's a damn good right tackle that keeps getting better in pass pro each mm-hmm. year. It might not be perfect. We've gone over this on the pod. We'll listen to the offensive line rankings, went through it. So this was very reassuring because DJ, as we keep saying on this, really knows what's going on. And I mean, here's a perfect example, and we'll get to it a little later. He he puts Fontenot out of the Seahawks. And he, he writes in the blurb, he would slide right in at guard in Seattle and he could play tackle in a pinch. So he's being open to the fact that a guy like Troy Fontenot is, it, it could be a you know long-term guard with tackle flexibility. With, with Fuaga, it's, here's the tackle for the Jets, right? Like mm. that's how it came off. And Fuaga is great. I, I've been trying to send people the gap from him to the top two is not this black hole that it's like, well, man, we're going from... You know, two guys that should be bona fide top 10 picks to a guy that's like a late first rounder. I don't see that with Fuaga. I've been with you the whole way since you texted me that and I watched him. He's a top 15, no brainer. He is special in the run game. He's so good as an inside zone blocker and he keeps getting so much better in pass pro. Nobody can rush through him, which is very important. Now, the real conversation, though, is that the Jets pass on Olu Fashanu. And why I couldn't do that, Trevor, and I would have to change him to this pick is... The goal next year has to be to keep Aaron Rodgers upright. And I still think Fashanu is such a gifted pass-protecting left tackle. So gifted. Great feet. Great adjustments. Long arms. Every explosive off the ball where he dictates all the reps that even if he's not as good of a run blocker, and it's not close. He's not even close to Fuaga or all as a run blocker. Mm -hmm. He is such a unique pass protector. That with the state of the Jets at quarterback, keeping Rodgers, an older quarterback, upright, I think Fashanu is a pro-ready pass protector. And that's a crazy thing to say about a prospect in this day and age, because a lot of them just aren't. They just aren't. I would change this pick to Fashanu. But I I like that we can have the adult conversation of why Fuaga is justified going here, because he is. He is. He is. And and I'm glad that we were able to kind of have that little back and forth there. We could change this to... Uh, Olu Fashano, even though I'll never forgive you for it. Um, so, all right, we'll go. We'll, we will go Fashano at ten, and I think there's another big conversation that we now get to have um, at number eleven. But before we have that big conversation, if you got a family out there, you need to get them term life insurance to protect them. It's one of the smartest decisions that you can make, and the start of the new year is the perfect time to get it done, so you guys can focus on whatever else the year has in store for you. Fabric was designed by parents for parents to help you get high-quality, surprisingly affordable term life insurance policies in less than 10 minutes. They got flexible policies that are fit your family's budget with quality policies like $1 million in coverage for less than a dollar a day. You can get your personalized quote in just minutes and then apply whenever it is convenient for you all online into your schedule. You can go from start to covered in less than 10 minutes with no health exam required. Join the thousands of parents who trust Fabric to protect their family and apply today in just minutes at meetfabric.com slash stockexchange meetfabric.com slash stock exchange m-e-e-t fabric.com slash stock exchange policies are issued by western southern life assurance company not available in certain states prices subject to underwriting and health questions so the conversation at number 11 is for the minnesota vikings now this is some rumblings that we have been hearing a lot of lately 
And I agree with the rise, but whoo-hoo, baby. Man. Byron Murphy, Texas interior defensive tackle at number 11 to the Minnesota Vikings. Man, Jeremiah says, I believe that, that Murphy is the top defensive tackle in this class. Connor, what do we think? I got a lot more work to do on Murphy to talk about like this level. Uh, we haven't done defensive tackle, obviously, on this show yet. Mm-hmm. Johnny Newton's been my top dog since the summer. I- I'm going to be very impressed if I come away from watching the entire D tackle class and I-, I put Murphy over Newton. I just thought Newton was so complete for really almost two years now. And Murphy's a game ch- record. There's no denying that. But at 11, wow. I can't I'm not sitting here killing the pick because I truly just don't have like, do you have a better feel for this one? I just haven't looked at Murphy yet as this level of prospect, but I, I need to watch more tape of his. He could test like an absolute monster if you just watch any tape of his. But man, Vikings going D tackle at 11. That's with some of the talent that's on the board here. It's this was definitely maybe the surprise of the entire mock draft. Yeah, I could definitely see interior defensive tackle for for the Vikings because it's a need. Uh, them going that spot at number eleven, like you said, it is definitely a surprise. This past year, uh, Murphy had a higher run blocking grade or uh, run defense run, run defense grade than Newton did, and he also had a better pass rushing grade than Newton did. He had forty eight total pressures to Newton's forty five. Newton had a 15.0 passer win percentage. Um, Byron Murphy had a 20.2 passer win percentage. Um, I'm trying to pull it up real quick because I think Newton's 2022 season was a little bit better. It was. So Newton the previous year had just a 14.7 passer win percentage, so it actually wasn't higher than what it was this year. But in run defense, he had an elite run defense grade last year of 91.9. So I think that Newton's a really, really good player. Byron Murphy, another tidbit about him, Dane Brugler tweeted this out. He will be just 20 and a half years old Yeah, on draft weekend. That is extremely luring in and of itself. Murphy was also ranked 18th on Bruce Feldman's college football freaks list. We've got, so what did he say here? The junior who had 26 tackles and three tackles for loss last year, that was the previous season in 2022, has been clocked at 18 miles an hour on the team's GPS, had a team best 455-pound front squat, and power clean 375 pounds. He could have gone even heavier, but the strength coach shut him down. Uh, he said that Murphy could have gotten 500 on the front squat and 405 in the power clean. That is stupid strength. So you've got age, You've got a great year of production against some good competition, and you've got the freakish athletic ability. It makes sense. I don't. I. I would not be able to change this position because we have not done interior defensive line yet since right. the season was over. So I think that we should go Johnny Newton. It's because you got the two solidified years, but we'll probably find a home for Byron Murphy at some point. Cause even what I have seen from him in 2023, even though it's not like a, an official, like final regular season film grade kind of a thing, I have liked what I've seen. I've, I've put him pretty high up on the big board. I think he's in the forties right now on PFS big board. So I definitely see the rise. I just 11. Whoo boy. That's yeah. big. So that, what, you, you want to do Newton here? It's one that I almost think we don't change because we just haven't done 
interior defensive line on that level yet. All right, Where you want to show some, you, you want to show some respect. Sh- Just, I, right, it is literally showing some respect. Yeah, I got Byron Murphy at forty four on the PFF big board. I might be way too low on him. So yeah, right, we'll, we'll, we'll catch up on that route. We'll, we'll go Byron Murphy at. Uh, at I will 11. be surprised though. I, Newton is Newton's been one of my favorite players in this class since summer. I, so, so twelve, he's got Terry on Arnold as CB one off the board, and in his blurb he says, "I think Arnold could go as high as fifth overall." Man, this is just too hot to touch. <laughs> Wear your oven mitts. This is like taking a baked potato out of the oven after it's been fifth sitting there on four fifty. DJ, I yeah. love it though. Stand on conviction. All right. Yeah, he's yeah. The, hey. He says he's the best cornerback in this draft, and he would pair with Patrick Sertan the second to get the Broncos one of the best CD teams in, in the league, if not the best. Maybe highest fifth overall. You and I just did cornerbacks. Neither of us had Terry on the CB one. No. So if we're going CB here, we're going Cooper to Gene. Right. Right. It's just I'll stand. This is the total opposite of the last combo we just had. I, I have a lot of conviction on this. And Terry on Arnold, 20 years old, was tremendous this year and tested a lot. He's athletic. You heard it all. And we just did the whole corner show. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a trajectory for him to get a lot better because he's so young and inexperienced and really good. But uh, I just I don't rank him higher than Cooper DeGene. I agree. So I agree. We're going Cooper DeGene here, especially if especially if DeGene is your CB two. If DeGene is your CB two, I was I was actually right. talking with I was talking with Brett Coleman about this because he was texting me after we recorded the cornerback show, and he talked about how he's probably going to have DeGene as more of a slot corner simply because he is that good of a run defender, like a big nickel defender, ba- essentially like like a, like, yeah. a, like a roaming, yeah, basically, I get it. basically like a do it all secondary player. And you and I kind of talked about him having that versatility and that ability, even though we said that he is an outside corner. Um, I mentioned to, to, to Brett, I could see him in sort of like that Jalen Ramsey role where they will rotate Jalen Ramsey in and out, depending on what the matchup is each and every week. So he primarily plays on the outside, but if there's you know a juicy matchup in the slot, you could put him on the inside, and you're not going to have to worry about any sort of run defense either. So Brett was talking about that, um, and I think if you are in a situation where you're drafting DeGene to the Denver Broncos, you set yourself up to be able to do that really, really well. You got one of the best corners in, on the outside on the perimeter in Patrick Tan anyways, and you could basically just say, okay, now we get to have fun and deploy DeGene wherever we want. So it's, that's pretty sick, honestly. So we'll go to Gene at 12, 13 of the Raiders, Olu Fashano. So here we'll go Fuaga. Which, so funny about this, right? We flipped this for the Jets, but mm-hmm. it also works out really nice, in my opinion, for the Raiders because Fuaga's a right tackle. The Raiders have one of the best left tackles in football in Colton Miller. I'm not saying Fashano can't flip over to the right side. I don't know that yet. But I do know Fuaga's a right tackle, and they need a right tackle more than they need a left tackle because Colton Miller is really good. So this is one of those swaps where it's like, cool, works for everyone. Yep, makes sense. Saints, Bo, there it is. Knicks, top fifteen, baby. You love to see it. Derek Carr blocked Daniel Jeremiah so fast after this mock draft <laughs> dropped. David Carr did too, and David Carr, and yep. and the the other Carr. Yeah, and and cars the movie. Yes, the, the, every the movie, single the movie Twitter handle somehow locked Jeremiah because yes. you, you know you thought he was just catching strays out there. 
And listen, this is your man. So please. Look, I I completely agree with you, man. I I think I've been trying to tell the good people on this show. I think that Knicks is going top 20. I don't know if he's going top 10, but he's too talented of a player at this point and has passed so many tests. You got to be able to take the Auburn film and just put it to the side. You got to start with the first two years that he played at Oregon. And some people are going to say, how can you have that as a start to the knee valve? Not everybody breaks out right away. And for for Bo Nix specifically, we talk about this with rookies all the time. We talk about this with rookies in the NFL when it comes to their landing spot. If you throw a guy out there to the wolves, if you will, to a situation that is not ideal and they are not confident enough to handle the failures that are going to come with it, it doesn't matter how talented they are. You could ruin them mentally. And I feel like Nix just got ruined mentally when he was at Auburn. And when he was able to go over to Oregon, he was able to totally reset. And he was able to reset into a really good quarterback. And over the last two years, he has he has shown that he is not only better than the Auburn days, but he is getting better as time goes on. Yes, he's going to be older of a prospect. I don't care. I don't care. You can play quarterback until you're 40 years old. It does not matter. Geno Smith's balling out for at this level for the first time in his career. He's mid-30s. If you got the talent to be able to do it, your breakout age could be all over the place. Is it better to dominate when you're younger? Yes, of course it is. But I am telling you guys, think Knicks is going top 20. think you just got to accept it. It wouldn't and shock so, me. I think McCarthy is too, by the way. Or at least in the first I shouldn't say top 20 for McCarthy. I think somebody will take him in the Jeremiah first round. Jeremiah McCarthy in here. Can no, we he didn't. Talk about that? No, he, he didn't. didn't. He didn't have him or Penix. This is where the quarterback, this is where it ends for the quarterbacks. Oh, wow. I'm actually really surprised that he doesn't have McCarthy in there. Me too. But I think I, we're going to land on I that. I think it's probably because he watched McCarthy. He watched McCarthy, and he probably knows how much McCarthy has to learn, how far he has right. to go to be able to succeed at the NFL level. And I agree with him. That's what we said on the show. Yeah. So I like this. I like this situation. Uh, the Saints are kind of stuck with Derek Carr for at least next year. But that's why I don't love there. this pick. Why? I, I don't like the landing right? spot. They right. made their bed. They made a bad decision. They signed Derek Carr to a big money contract with guarantees. Get the most out of him next year. I guess you could. I guess you could do this, and it would be different if I valued Knicks here and I don't. But I would rather walk away with this draft with Brock Bowers, or literally one of oh, just yeah, the higher end talent, Layatu Latu. Well, they need Edge for sure. Yeah, I. Man, it just feels like the wrong team. But I guess you can't say that if you believe in the guy. It's this creates a a situation that's going to be a powder keg next year because Carr is going to be so pissy about this, which he has to get over it. But compete, right? I know, I know. But we don't have to obviously change it because we'd have to put another quarterback here. And as much I as I like Penix, I, I don't even I wouldn't have a quarter another quarterback probably going in the top fifteen at this point from what I expect. I just realized I took Brock Bowers to the Bears at nine. <laughs> why did I do that? <laughs> oh, like in our draft going. Yeah, in our, in our draft. I don't know why you did that either. You must have just clicked on the wrong. Hold on. I'm he was probably over. near verse. <laughs> he, I think he was. I think I just was. It was the fact that we went one, two really quickly with Dallas. Yeah, Turner. we did. And, and so verse. I wonder, I wonder if that's how it happened. So, A double okay. Click. 
just you, you yeah, you I'll talk through the mock draft while you catch up on our actual draft. Yeah. So after Nick's at 14 to the Saints, Brock Bowers goes to the Colts at 15. This is a pick that Trevor and I have really liked. You've probably seen it in our mock drafts already. It's and I thought Jeremiah's blurb on this was truly how we're all feeling. He goes, Bowers is going to be tricky to place in mock drafts. The talent suggests he should be a top five pick, but the debate about positional value could push him down as far as the Colts at 15. I mean, there's no better way to sum it up. Bowers is a no-brainer top eight player in this draft. And I think he's the third best playmaker. I think it's Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Neighbors, then Brock Bowers. Yet, when you go through these exercises over and over again, it is so hard to find him a home in the top 10 picks. It really is because of needs and positional value and all of those situations. So, I mean, personally, Trevor, I would I would leave him here. I don't. It's just a sin to have Bowers continue to fall. Damn, you did that fast. I looked up and it was already done. So I would keep Bowers at 15. I got the fastest mock draft hands in the West. They call me they call me the Doc Holiday. Yeah, I was going to say draft simulator. Yeah, you really are. Not me, without I'm the tuberculosis. Prime. You're right. Well, hopefully. You know, yes. That's... You don't need no dry climate. Right. Uh, I, no, man. I'm not changing this. Obviously, since we're sticking with the same position, I'm not going to put Jatavian Sanders here. Um, <laughs> oh, my God. That's, I didn't even <laughs> think of the alternative anyway. So, I mean, it's over yeah. at 15, baby. 16, the Seahawks take fought now another pick that I've absolutely loved. And the, your I'm, Fuaga feeling, this was my feeling at 16. Because when I put Fountain out to the Seahawks at 16, I was like, am I a madman? Like, is this going to be very not well received? Mm. Because, you know, even if he has to play guard with the flexibility to play tackle, is this too early? I just think he's a great player, and I think it's a need for Seattle. And, I mean, this, is, I, this I, makes them so much better right away. I was just watching um, Dylan Johnson because mm. I'm doing his scouting profile. I was watching him this morning. And there is a rep where he either scores a touchdown or he goes out of bounds at the one. Can't remember. But Font now is blocking somebody and they they knock his helmet off and he does not stop playing. Like oh, he yeah. like he immediately, the second the helmet comes off, he realizes it comes off. And I think he realizes that he is not allowed to keep playing. Cause you see for a moment in his head, he's like, I'm supposed to stop. And then you see him the second later just go, yeah, screw it. And he just throws his shoulder into yeah. somebody and basically just keeps playing the play. So no, man, I, I, I like, I like, uh, um, I like Troy Fontenot a lot. I think that he is, uh, he's, he's a really good offensive lineman. We, we definitely don't have to change this pick. Um, trying to think of who else. Well, I know we're going to change the 17th pick. So, <sighs> yeah, I mean, for those listening, I I might change this. Oh, okay. Mm. I might change this to Latham. Wow. I do think Latham's good. I'm higher on Latham than you are. Yeah, though. but are you playing him at you feel good about him at guard? Seattle doesn't need a tackle. I feel better about Fontenelle at guard than I do about Latham at guard. I guess it's fair. And I'd rather Latham stay at tackle. All right, we'll go Fountain out with 16. We almost threw a curveball, but we didn't. Who we, what's I 17? stepped in front of the incoming car. I was like, yeah. no, <laughs> please. Who's 17? Qu- Quinion Mitchell went to Jacksonville. Ooh. Corner two off the board. Was not corner two for us. 
I think he was corner four for me. I think he was five. He's five for you. He's four for me. Ah, he was no. six for me. He was five for you. So he's five for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had Tampa at five. You we you had it flipped. But either way, I mean, you still you still had four corners in front of him. Oh wow. Okay. He he barely gets Kool Aid in the first round. He barely gets Wiggins in the first round. Right. Okay. All right. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Yeah. So then CB two for us, Nate Wiggins. Yep. Yeah. I'd, I'd I'd feel pretty confident about that. I feel good about that one too. If you're going corner, I, I think I think Wiggins is I think Wiggins is a stud. Yeah, I didn't agree too. He, we talked about this on our corner preview. Mitchell's mm-hmm. ball production was amazing in 2022. It's the only reason I watched him this summer. It's like Toledo corner. Oh, that ball production's crazy. Mm-hmm. And Jeremiah Rody wasn't challenged as much as 2023. He probably wasn't challenged as much in terms of the aggression of throws. But he was targeted 62 times this year and 70 in 2022. He just didn't have the same ball production. I just good player made good plays. I just always go back to the the game we talk about all the time, where he had four picks in 2022, and it's just I I, 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 you, I can never bad. get over I can't get over it. It lives I go to sleep and think about it sometimes. What you think? Because you think that it's like stat stuffing or what? A little. <laughs> <laughs> no, I still think he's good. I still no, think he's, he's good. He's but a it's, really good player. It's just amazing, like interceptions, how they could be perceived at times. I still think he's a really yeah, good. Yeah, no, he's a good player. I, I would yeah. be t- I'd take Nate Wiggins over him, but yeah. um I still think Mitchell's a first round player. But anyways, we got we're going Wiggins to 17. 18 is where JC Latham comes off the board to the Cincinnati Bengals. We stick him with this one. I know you you're you're uh I, I, I would take the Marius Mims, but that's just that's just me. I I got Latham above Mims. Uh, keep Latham there then. Yeah, yeah, I got. And we'll, we'll get to Mims in just a moment. Which is and he goes it, well. Obviously, the right tackle thing stays the same because they're both right tackles. Yep. But you can replace Jonah Williams to get J.C. Latham in there. The uh, Los Angeles Rams. I love this pick. Latu, Latu. Yeah, I love the fit. I love the player. I like the spot. Doesn't even have to move. Yeah, moving costs. He just, right? he literally just takes the Uber. We t- we talk about that on the show all the time. You know. I, I think mainstream draft media does not think about moving costs enough. Fonting out of the Seahawks. Right. I, I mean, you, Jeremiah sees it. Why doesn't the rest of the society see it? You, you, you just got to understand. Anytime that you can make a multi-billion dollar decision <laughs> but you on a say $850 <laughs> moving cost, you got to do it. You have to do it. <laughs> you got to do it. You truly. Who are the Jets going to take from Fordham or Rutgers at the tenth overall pick? <laughs> Max Melton. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. They're going to get up there for like day three. They draft Max Melton like with a priority pick in the fourth round or whatever. And Joe Douglas is going to be like, "Yeah, we saved. You know, we saved. We saved the money on, uh, on moving costs. This you know, was, he's already got an apartment in the city. You know, so this uh, was the right move. Yeah. All right, so we're going lot two to the uh, to the Rams. I like this as well. Obviously, um, I was a little bit higher on Byron Murphy, uh, not Byron Murphy, um, Byron Young last year, and he played a ton this year. Yeah, <laughs> they, he did. they 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 threw him out there immediately, but it's because they didn't really have any other options. And so I still really like him as a speed outside type of an edge rusher, but. The Rams need that technician type of an edge rusher on the outside. They just they just don't have one. 
Uh, and I think Latu absolutely fits that bill. So Steelers at 20. This is where your boy Mims comes off the board. Well, this is fun, too, because they have Broderick already who flashed a lot this year. And then it's like, OK, let's take Marius Mims. And now we have the two Georgia tackles that are just absolute athletic freaks coming out. Hey, George style. Pickens. And they got Pickens. Yeah. And Darnell Washington. And Darnell Washington. I, I, wow. Listen, you're not going to find a... Comp- the only thing I'll say... Okay, actually... They're going to draft Cedric Van Pran in the third. <laughs> there we go. How do they steal Lad McConkey? In all seriousness, we can't change positions in this mock, so this is not really... Uh, you know, purposeful, but I'll still say it anyway. Mm-hmm. I would be taking a corner here at 20. There's just no way I wouldn't take a corner here. There's really good ones left. That's why. The corner board in this scenario, you know, he in this scenario, Jeremiah still has Kool-Aid, Wiggins, Cooper DeGene, Rake Straw. They're all on the board. Oh, yeah. He's so, good players. I, yeah. I, I I mean, I'm not going to, this pick is fine. It's just, man, the the Steelers need a corner so badly and the supply is right there staring you in the face. And then they all go in the next 10 picks. So what are you doing in round two, you know? So, I don't know. That's all I'll leave this one at. But I wouldn't corners, change this pick. Corners deep, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're praying that you get TJ Tampa in the second round. Which is a great scheme fit in a sense. Right. I agree. Right. Like, that they'd like that long, explosive. Or Lassiter fits them. Yes. Yeah, I get that thought process. But they but, they overachieved this year, so they're not picking early in the second round. Right. Corners. Anyways, we fly. can't change it. I think we're going we're going Mims, but yeah, that's that conversation there. I I don't know if I would go corner with Mims on the board. Right. It's not a bad pick. There's no way this is in any way. Now, a bad Jeremiah pick. himself, if he had Terry on Arnold still on the board, I think that he'd take him because he took Terry on Arnold at twelve. And we so, moved that one. Yeah, I don't think that he would fight too much against us wanting Terry and Arnold in Steelers black and gold, but we got to stick with him. The next one's here. fun. Miami Dolphins, Brian Thomas Jr. Oh, okay. I mean, this is what they do. Okay. <laughs> right. Tyreek's talked about retiring randomly. Like, he doesn't need to, but didn't right. Tyreek say? He's like, oh, I'll play till I'm 30 and I'm done. And then he walked it back. So Tyreek turns 30 in March. Obviously, we don't think he's retiring, but he uh, he did. Yeah, he walked it back, but he said he was going to play out his contract with the Dolphins. And when you look at it like that, that would mean he's playing realistically like, you know, maybe two to three more years counting next season. Um, oh, does he still have that much time on his contract? Uh, yeah, I'm looking at the structure of it and making sure I'm not counting a void year. He does. He's under contract till 2026, but his cap number in 2026 is 56.3 million. Classic. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean what? Why don't, you just round, why don't you just round it up to an even 100? Talk you know? about... <laughs> why don't we talk, just make it even numbers here? Talk about the Magic Johnson. I'm not going to be here. Whoever wrote that one up was like, yep. What? Not going to be my problem. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So (laughs) there's that. That's funny. Well, if it's wide receiver, Brian Thomas Jr. is next for me. So me too. And I I think he's a hell of a player. And I would be, uh, you know, 
scared shitless quite frankly if he went to miami <laughs> just being honest I, I did so i i so people who might be like whoa, whoa, whoa i thought tez walker was next for you because when we did the wide receiver episode i had tez walker above brian thomas jr and troy franklin and now i got him a little bit further i only have him like 10 spots down i think he's still I, he's still top 35 for me but what you said on the wide receiver show stuck out to me about some of the yards after catchability because sometimes you watch how athletic a guy is and you go oh my gosh like what an athlete in space all this kind of stuff but it doesn't always translate into yards after catch um production roma dunes is a little bit like that as well right. like we talked about already on the show so tez is sort of like that feel as well and because of that and how good brian thomas jr can be after the catch how i think excellent troy franklin is after the catch and how many missed tackles that he forced Lad McConkey is just a different type of receiver who I love. And so he's kind of around that same category, but that's why I ended up bringing him down a little bit because it's like, okay, I still really like Tez. I think he could be a back end of the first round wide receiver. Love what he is as an athlete, especially as a vertical deep threat. But that aspect of it, just to give people transparency on why he's a little bit further down uh, from where the wide receiver episode, that would be why. So I would agree. Let's go with Brian Thomas Jr. here yeah. for the uh, for the Dolphins. Another pick, though, I would have I would have taken offensive line if they lose Robert Hunt in free agency, which a lot of people are thinking they're gonna. They they gotta make this. This line has to be better. So all right, Philadelphia is up next. But before we get to them, got to talk to you guys about Prize Picks, the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. Easily the most exciting way to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. You pick more, you pick less. It is that easy. Instead of battling thousands of different players, including pros and sharks, you just pick more or less on two to six player stat projections, and you watch the winnings roll in. I am proud to announce that Eli hit this past weekend, baby. The three-player bets just absolutely slammed for our guy this weekend. He was just drowning in champagne because of it. The champagne costs way more than the actual winnings, but you know what? Sometimes you just got to go big when you hit it big. And, you know, when you're at prize picks, that's kind of how you're going to feel all the time. You go to pricepicks.com, use the promo code NFLSC uh, for a first deposit match that is up to $100. They've even got a reboot policy so your entries stay in, even if one of your players gets injured. You know, for example, I think the Debo, didn't Debo go out first oh, half? Oh, yeah, first quarter. For, for football, basketball games, you got a player who exits the first half, does not return for the second. That player is automatically rebooted. It's the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Like we said, pricepicks.com backslash NFLSC. Use the promo code NFLSC for your first deposit match up to 100 gold wins. You pick more, you pick less. It's that easy, folks. 21, or sorry, 22, Philadelphia Eagles. Tyler Guyton. Yeah, there he is. Okay. You know what? It's not, you know, it's not that surprising. No, 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 no. It's not surprising to see Tyler Guyton in the first round. We've seen that before. We even talked about that in our latest mock draft, but Eagles. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Lane's what now? 32? If I was a smart human, I would just use the Google machine. He's 33. Yeah. What a player. Um, he is 33. He will turn 34 in May. So he will be a 34-year-old next year. Obviously, he played 16 games this year, and he's still incredible. Mm-hmm. This is an organization that DJ usually has a good read on, by the way. I'd go Morgan because I like him. Me too. So this is a pick that, and I and Guyton's, this is one of those where if it happens on draft night, you kind of like, you know, under your breath, you're like, oh, shit. Because you just know that that organization will get the most out of that player and you ranked him a little too low. It happens all the time. It's Somebody asked me about Guyton earlier this week. And it's the thing is, like we talked about on the offensive line show, 
in a class full of really great athletes at offensive tackle, Tyler Guyton is without question oh, yeah. the best. He's a damn bear. Question. And yeah. with him, it's just the footwork's kind of a mess. He yeah. doesn't have his balance under him at all times. Um, he does not stay on his blocks. He's more of a he's more of a shover than he is a let me get hands on you, let me get the grip strength going, let me lock you up. So like if if you develop all those things, he's going to be one of the younger prospects in this class, I believe. It, it, it definitely makes sense, but I'd still go Morgan here. I think that Morgan uh, has just shown more NFL abilities to tackle. I, the problem is that he might be a guard, right? Whatever. We're, look, I we're like gonna, Morgan a lot. He, yeah, he's tackle. Show, he was tackle five for me. I can't not take him here. We're showing love to our boy, uh, yeah, our boy Jordan Morgan. Represent uh, Houston Texans at twenty three. He's got them going. Chop Robinson here. So, this is one where I feel like, obviously, you and I are different. Chop mm-hmm. is edge four for me. He, the other three guys ahead of him are gone. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't change this, but I, oh, man. Grenard's a free agent, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. I hope that this pick doesn't have to happen, is what I'll say. That, oh, you wanted to bring Grenard back? Is that what you're saying? Or if you can't, still go out and get an edge rusher that fits under D'Amico. We've talked about how good this edge rush free agency class is. I just think this is a need that you can solve with money that I don't feel like I need to solve it with my first round pick. You know what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah, I, yeah. I really hope that this isn't the route they have to go. But I mean, I I think this is a better one to kick to you. What player would you change this to? Because you're lower on shop. Braswell. Okay. Power profile. For sure. We've talked about him with Houston because the Alabama connection. Correct. We, we talked. We did this exact scenario. Correct. I would. That's I would. Fun. I would very comfortably go Chris Braswell. Okay. Here, if we're changing. Well, this. you could change it then. I don't okay. care. Okay. I will. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> All right. So twenty four, Dallas Cowboys. They uh Jordan Morgan going here to the Cowboys. Yeah. Who do I have next at offensive tackle? I have Guyton, ironically, and that would be the flip. You probably oh, I, I might have Kieran Amagashi from Yale, I think. Wow. Next. That would be he's something. good, man. Now, here's the thing. Yeah, I do. I have Kieran uh right above Tyler Guyton. Okay. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. We can go Guyton here, it's fine. Everything depends on how because Kieran is He's senior, Kieran senior bowl. He's senior bowl right? bound. So is Guyton. Oh, both of those guys. I thought so. Last I looked, this list does change. I have it open. I promise. I thought both of those guys were in it. Me too. Why am I not seeing? Yeah, Guy, Guyton's, Guyton's in. He's on the list. Okay. Kieran's not? I, I don't see him, which is weird, right? All right. I don't see him. That's weird. Now I got to look it up. Now I'm going to check because sometimes they're on a different list. I, um, why is it in my brain? I saw an accepted invite. I felt like it was too, but then I just Googled it and he's not there. So is he shrine or is he just nothing? Because he's too good to not be at an all-star game. He's a senior, so you don't have any questions on eligibility. Maybe he just didn't. We're going like full true detective on Kieran and Amagachi right now. Why did I have it in my head that he was going to the senior? This is legitimately bothering me. I'm sure this is a phenomenal podcasting for all of those of you. Oh, wait. Uh, 
He will miss the opportunity to prove he is equally capable against Power 5 level prospects at the Senior Bowl due to recovery from surgery. There it is. Amagaji will attend the Senior oh, Bowl good. practice and meet with NFL teams, but he will not practice. Okay. That that mystery, that solved, at least. Oh, he had a torn quad. That's why. That's brutal. That's a Triple H injury. Damn. Wow. I was really hoping to see him. Yeah, that, that one actually really he dominates, stinks. man. Obviously, it's Ivy-level competition, but right. you can only go up against who you go up against. Right. And he very clearly looks way better than everybody that he goes up against at that level. If he went to Mobile and pitched a shutout for the most part in one-on-ones, he'd be in the first round. All right, we'll go Guyton here, but just know, everybody <laughs> out there, that we brought up Kieran Emagaji. The offensive tackle from you. 25, go pack, go. Graham Barton? Graham Barton. This line played really well this year, considering the adversity they dealt with. But it is nice to have a super utility man like Barton, right? Yeah. And and Jeremiah says that. He's like, he could play all five spots up front. And we, you and I have agreed. Only player that I would think about switching him out for is Jackson Powers Johnson from get a true center but which is probably their weakest maybe their weakest point right it's almost it's almost like isn't that good it's almost like okay do you want the offensive guard offensive tackle versatility because if you do you're picking barton if you want the center offensive guard versatility because if you do you're picking powers johnson Mm -hmm. i think we leave it but i like the idea Packers fans, please let us know. Yeah, let, yeah, let us know what Who you would you think. rather have here. What's it's we'll also a scenario again, out of respect. All right, but yeah, Bucks Ennis Rakestraw Jr. at twenty six. Like it. I mean, with all with a lot of the edge rushers off the board here already, it makes sense. I think this team's got to get way better at pass rusher on the on the edges. But I also think that there's certainly reason to believe they got to get better at outside corner as well. We got Terry on Arnold still on the board. We got Kool-Aid McKinstry still on the board. Even though I really like Ennis Rakestraw Jr., both these guys are still here. So I would take Terry and Arnold. Right. This is, you know, how we flip the draft. And yeah, it would be Arnold for me. There's a lot I like about Rakestraw, but I, I'm not going to sit here and lie after we just did the episode and say he'd be one of my top, you know, four corners to go. It's it's not out of the realm of possibility he goes in the first round though, and we've Ooh, talked. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. no, absolutely. Yeah. I think he's I think he's a first round corner. I think I opinion. think his injuries will be the big thing to evaluate. If you think he's going to hold up with his place, how he's built and with his play style, that'll be the number one question teams will ask. So we'll have Arnold going to the Bucks, and then Cooper DeGene goes to the Cardinals at 27. Good living for the Cardinals. You walk out with Marvin Harrison Jr. and Cooper DeGene. DeGene. What the hell? Good living. Um, McKinstry's here, so if we're sticking corner, we're going McKinstry, yes. Both out of CB4? Yeah. I mean, it's still not bad. It's you got Kool-Aid McKinstry, bad. you got uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. It's, it's two of the more premier players in all college football over the last two years, so... Um, you don't have to be uh, you don't have to be too bummed out about it. Buffalo Bills at 28. Johnny Newton. This is where Johnny Newton comes off the board. Um, are Bills fans going to be pissed? That they didn't go wide receiver. Who's left? 
We got Tez Walker who's left. Troy Franklin was on the board. Lab McConkey, Keon Coleman, A.D. Mitchell. All those guys are Man, still there. You got to, right? I mean, Gabe, yeah. Gabe's a free agent. Dad, I, we're, we'll probably get the truth, or maybe we don't, about Diggs. Diggs was a shell of himself these last eight weeks or whatever it was. Like a total. I'm so bummed Diggs didn't catch that bomb of a pass from Allen. I, I, I said – that that might have been the best pass of the season. I was just gonna say that'll go down as the best pass of the playoffs, and it wasn't even completed. And yeah, yeah you man. could argue, you could argue season. I mean, Newton is a great player, good pick for the Bills, but I just I would take wide receiver here because you can't even sit there and go, well, they'll probably just figure it all out in free agency. They're like forty nine million dollars over the cap, and they'll get down, they'll make the cuts and all that. But the Bills are in position to address wide receiver successfully for cheap, in my opinion. And it's but do we pick. make? Do we make an executive oh, decision? <laughs> Rip up the rule sheet. I think we. Yeah, I think sure. We, all right, we're making an executive. But, I mean, let's. Decision. We can we're give that to Bills people. fans right now. It's the least they can get after yeah, what they've been through. It's the least that we so. can get. Troy Gracie is barking outside. She agrees. She's saying, I, 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 "Take I, the wide receiver." I was going to say, Gracie. Yes. Gracie is yelling that the Bills cannot take an interior defensive lineman while Troy Franklin's on the board. So I think we're going Troy Franklin here for the uh, for the Buffalo Bills. Um, all right, so Kansas City Chiefs, Devontae Walker at 29 since Franklin's off the board. It's basically either him or Lab McConkey, but I actually like Tez Walker much more because you need that deep downfield threat. Rasheed Rice is the more underneath player. So I would stick with Tez Walker. I don't have any problem doing that. Do you? I love this fit. Yeah, okay. I, I just think he, he chews up so much ground in his strides. Walker. Yeah. It'd be a yeah. lot of fun. Okay. So Lions at 30. Nate Wiggins at 30. That's good living. You're, you're the Lions. You're playing in the NFC Championship game. You also get Nate Wiggins at 30. That's that's uh oh, that's a damn good season. All right, so we got to stick a corner. We've had a lot go off the board already. Oh, Rakestraw's here. So I think hey, that's fine. Is, uh oh, I had Mitchell. I forgot about Mitchell. Yeah, he's still here. It, for next for me would be Tampa or Mitchell. So if Mitchell's next for you, that tie goes to him. Yeah. Did you have you you had Mitchell above Rakestraw? I did. Okay. So then it would be it would be Quinn Mitchell then going to the yeah. going to the Lions if we're going to change it, which we have to because we can start you off the board. But yeah, man, uh, you get another corner on this team already making an NFC Championship game. Yeah, they need one. Quinn Mitchell makes a ton of sense. 49ers, another cornerback, Kula McKinstry here. So now is this one comes down to. We could basically, because I think our rankings are pretty similar with where Tampa is versus where Rakestraw Jr. is. I have Rakestraw Jr. higher. That's who I would go with. But I think you have Tampa higher than him. I do. So, I actually had Lassiter who, over Rakestraw too, but that one's close. Well, massive hater. Um, or who do we like better supporter. here for San Francisco? Right. Tampa or Rakestraw? Well, I think we talked about how Tampa's press numbers went up this year but they weren't that high because he takes a press corner here right he talks about how he loves the fit with kool-aid to the niners what they want what they do rakestraw is not a press corner either right i was just gonna say lassiter is lassiter is but i would not take lassiter at 31 it's just i don't think he's gonna be a big tester in this group i think tampa can play man I think he, I, he can yeah, because he could open. He can open up and run like the wind. Yes, I would go Tampa. All right, like throwing okay. me a bone. 
I will, I will get TJ Tampa in there. Damn good player at 31. And then uh, Ravens picking at 32. He's got Troy Franklin. So the next Wait, wide receiver yeah. for me is Lad McConkey. I don't know who it is for you. Ooh, is it Mitchell? Fun. Let me pull up the old wide receiver ranks here. They have enough underneath dudes, though. Right. I don't know if this is the guy that they need as much as we love the player. I'd pick A.D. Mitchell next. I think what who, it, oh, it might be Polk for you. It's Coleman and Polk. Polk would be a perfect Raven. He kind of would be. Like, just catches everything in traffic. <laughs> even, though, even though I'm not this high on him, right. he kind of would be. Just gets the snot knocked out of him and doesn't care. Yeah. And then we've talked about with Coleman, as much as he has his shortcomings and concerns, the way Lamar plays, you could talk yourself into Coleman there because it's like, okay, we've been running around for seven seconds. Now let's throw on um, up to our small forward. I like Polk the best out of the options for this team. I think I like A.D. Mitchell the best for the Ravens. Okay. So you want the size speed? Yeah, I want the size speed. I want the red zone ability. I want all of that. I want it all. Well, Beckham's <laughs> a free all agent. Right. So that takes away some speed from their team. People people just heard me aggressively typing. So that somebody said like so, wildly aggressive. Somebody said in the comments, well, I have a I have a mechanical keyboard, but I also wait, what's that? Like a mechanical keyboard? Yeah, what's a mechanical keyboard? It's just a keyboard that like makes a sound. Like the keys are higher. Like the ones we used in high school and stuff on like a desktop. Yeah, sort of. I, yeah. I don't know if that's exactly how it goes, but like they are they are louder. Like it is it is a louder keyboard, but I just think it's I don't know. I think it's cool to have a mechanical keyboard. And like some mechanical keyboards, like the buttons, oh, the yeah. clicking is more uh like high pitched. Like some of it is more like mechanical. Um mine's more um or just kind of like a thud, but like some of them are more like a ping sound. So it's just like ping, 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 ping. Yeah. But I also type very aggressive anyways, because if I've never said this before on this podcast, which I think I have, I type with index fingers. Only? Only. When we're at the combine, wow. you, when we're at the combine, you come over to the PFF desk and you watch me write an article. Actually, I, am, I no, I'm, I think I do the same thing. I am the fastest I index do too. finger only typer. I do the same thing. <laughs> Just bah, 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 bah. I do the same thing, and I am a very fast typer. So everybody out wow. there, watch the show. It's like we were to meant show. to do a podcast together. You know what? You just love when it all comes together. All right, so the Ravens are losing Odell Beckham Jr. Probably they've got Devin Duvernay, who's small, Tylen Wallace, who's small, Zay Flowers, who is small, Rashad Bateman, who is small. How big is Bateman? He's not small. He's like six He's one or six two. Like six foot. Really? Yeah. He's one of those guys that I've just always had in my brain is bigger than what he's listed at. So football reference has him 6'1", 197. That's not small. Zay Flowers is small. Zay Flowers is 5'9", 180. At the Combine, actually, no, this is at the Pro Day. Um, Rashad Bateman was six foot and three eighths. Wow, pro football reference up. lied to me. They rounded up like we did yeah, with Tyree Kill's cap hit. Yeah, what is the hinge profile? Oh, that's a good move. Um, I want Aiden Mitchell. All right, take him. I will. Go ahead. <laughs> Watch me. I want the size, I'll dude. I'll do it. 
I want it right there. All right, so here we go. This is it. <laughs> what a line. I want the size. I want it right there. <laughs> All right. Log great. off. Thank you. With your mechanical keyboard. Don't clip that. Here we go. <laughs> Please this don't is... make that the open. <laughs> Ryan, I am begging, I'm begging you. you. Oh, that's great. I'm going to delete this part of the episode yeah, before, before you I send, send the files. That's, that's what a pro reason. does. No um, evidence. Okay, so here we go. Uh, the We didn't have a ton of changes really till the very end. With Jeremiah's mock, I think the one change that we had early was Bleak Neighbors at five, Romo Dunze at six. We we had flipped that from what he had. Yeah. We also flipped Olufashano and Talize Fuaga. Um, there was a lot of like cornerbacks, I think, that flipped just because we see the cornerbacks so differently. differently. Very differently. Um, but a lot of the rest of the picks, man, everything kind of stayed the same. Again, when we got towards the end, I think a lot of people see the very top of the class pretty similarly. But when you get into rankings four five six seven eight whatever i think that's where you get a lot of variance from analyst to analyst so that's where you start to see a lot of that stuff change but really outside of seeing this cornerback class differently i i think that certainly at the very top we see it very similar to the way that daniel jeremiah does which is uh good for us because like i said at the very top jeremiah is uh, one of the best in business so that was good for us right it's kind of in line with the league and where it's going and the fun thing about doing an exercise like this is to see how it changes over time. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody gathers more info. You get more, you naturally get more info from athletic testing. And right now everybody has the tape and it's, you know, everybody has the same tape, but not everybody has the same info and everybody will have the same athletic testing. So yeah, it's, it'll be fun to watch this evolve. And I think the purpose of us doing this today, rather than just giving you guys a standard, Hey, here's our mock draft is how somebody else is seeing it the little things we would do differently, but more importantly, how we might see it the same um, Yeah, to try to solve this puzzle that goes on until the end of April. Yeah, we just thought that this would be a fun way to talk about Daniel Jeremiah's mock draft because just like everybody else out there, we are fans of DJs. And so when he drops a mock, we're, we're, we're running to it. Yeah. And, you know, we're thinking about, oh my gosh, he's got this player there, this player there. So I know you guys watched the episode. And we appreciate it and everything, but please go follow DJ, go read his mock draft. Go click on it for NFL.com because uh, that means a lot to the people who are covering the NFL draft in this business. So please go do that. DJ is great. Uh, we absolutely love him. We had a lot of fun doing this. Let us know what you guys thought of Daniel Jeremiah's picks, of our conversations around some of those picks, maybe the picks that we would change. Let us know some of the picks that you would change as well. Best way to do that, YouTube comments. Uh, NFL or YouTube.com backslash at NFL Stock Exchange. If you are audio only, you can still hit us up and get your submissions in at Connor J. Rogers at Tampa Bay Trey on both X and Instagram. Connor and I will be back with you for one more episode. I think this week we're going to do it on Wednesday because I'm traveling to the Shrine Bowl on Thursday and then things start to really, really pick up. So we'll probably give it to you a day earlier this week. Um, Probably be a fixture franchise. I think we owe you guys that last one. We talked about either doing one or two this week. Uh, with Jeremiah releasing his mock, we wanted to have fun with that. But we'll give you one more fixture franchise before we get into Shrine and Senior Bowl season uh, before we get to jump into that. But Connor, you got anything else before we get out of here? No, fun exercise won't be. If you guys like this, let us know because it won't be the last time we do it, whether it's the next yeah. one. You know, Brugler drops. We've had Dane on the show, obviously. Um, I think we will definitely have to get the bootleg boys in Brett and EJ back on to do a oh, 100%. combined pod. 100%. That was a great great show last year we had so much fun with that so it's that time of year where it's just collaborating more with the rest of the industry as trevor and i put our rankings in the books yep it is uh 
it's a lot of fun. This time, this time of year is, it's great when, like I said, I think I said this a couple of shows ago. It's so much fun when everybody kind of turns the page. Yeah. You know, we got four teams left in the NFL postseason now, and everybody else kind of turning the page. So we're right. getting to that point where a lot of the, uh, a lot of our favorite friends and media members are getting to that point and we're going to be able to have them on the show kind of th- talk about what they're talking about and all that good stuff but, but uh before then we got one more show for you this week coming up on wednesday i'm trevor sikama that is connor rogers thank you guys so much for watching and listening to the nfl stock exchange podcast see you guys on wednesday